Welcome to the Property Investors Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an upload. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Enjoy this week's show and don't forget to share it with all your friends. Hey, I'm Russell Leeds. What's happening? I'm Rookie Mandel. And welcome to the Property Investors Podcast. On this week's show, we're going to be discussing whether you should buy an investment property in your personal name or whether you should buy it in a limited company. So, do you get asked this question very often, Ricks? I get asked it all the time. And to be fair, I get it asked all the time. And when I started down property, it was one of those things that it was on my mind as well. Yeah. If you don't, if you, if you don't know about tax and business and limited companies and how it works, and this is a genuinely, it's, it's a really good question, isn't it? And it's one of those questions as well. If if you don't have a clear answer in your head what it's going to do is stop you from investing in property. Yeah. You know, because you're, if you're, when there's confusion, you don't take action. So when you've got a clear plan, that's when you go and take action. So I do think it's important that if you are considering buying a property, you've got a clear plan in your head as to whether or not you should buy it in a limited company yeah. or in your personal name. Well, it's one of the first things you kind of need to know because if you find a deal and you want to take the property on, when you go to move forward with it, the first thing they're going to say is, are you buying it in your personal name or a limited company? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Now, the interesting thing is, there's not like a, a right and a wrong answer. No. Which I think is one of the reasons why they're so, if it was just obviously better, you should always buy it in your personal name. It just yeah. totally makes sense in every single situation. Then everyone would know and it wouldn't be such a confusing topic. Well, if that was the case, we probably wouldn't be doing this topic on the podcast. Well, we wouldn't because everyone would already know. Yeah. The, the reason that it's different is because people are in different situations and depending on your personal situation depends on probably the advice that you get given. So what we thought we'd go through today is explain the pros and cons to both and then you can make an informed decision about which strategy would suit you best. All right, so let's, let's start off. Let's imagine there's someone watching this now and they don't own any properties at all. Yeah. They want to get on the property ladder but they don't own anything at all. What would your first bit of advice be? Should they go limited company? Should they go personal name? Or yeah. do you have more questions that you need to know? Well, it's funny actually, because we had um, a student of ours come to us in that situation a few months ago. Um, and you've probably seen, he's, he's filmed his wins on Renze recently actually. You've probably seen it. his name's Michael. And Michael came to us and he said, I've not, I don't own any properties. He's got a little pot of money saved up. Um, and he was asking that very question. Should I buy my first one in my personal name or my company name? Now, what Michael did, which was quite clever, uh, and, and it's creative, and it's what he wanted to do, was Michael bought his first property, not through a limited company, but he bought it in his personal name. And he bought the property to live in. Now, it's funny that I say this because it's quite contradictory sometimes to maybe what you hear and what Samuel talks about yeah but again it depends on the situation and with michael he bought it in his personal name which he spoke to us about and the reason he did that was because not only in his personal name the mortgage is slightly different because with buy to let you'll put down 25 percent. well and with your personal name i mean listen again these figures are rough but yeah. you look at it around normally about 10 percent. so if you're buying a three hundred thousand pound home that's 30 grand rather than 75 grand. Right. So that's a big saving. Yeah, but right. not, not only that, he lived in it as, and he bought it as a residential. Now, why do, why do, you, think, why do you think he bought it in his, in his personal name as a residential house? Was this a buy, refurb, refinance type deal? 
Because no. a lot of people buy, if, if they want to flip a property and do it up, yeah. you pay a lot less tax if you own it in your personal name. And then refinance into a company? Or, or no, you, they just you flip it. it. They just sell it on. Okay. And because it's your personal property, you don't pay the capital gains tax that you wouldn't limit a company. Okay. So a lot of people, their strategy, again, talking about winners on a Wednesday, students of ours, if you've watched Darren and Ella's uh, yeah. winners on a Wednesday, yeah. that's their strategy. They buy houses, they live in them while they do them up. They then sell them, make a profit, move on to the next one. Yeah, that it's, wasn't Michael's reason though. Okay, well, so that's another good reason though. So it if you're, so, so this is where this is where you need to <laughs> think through your strategy, right? Yeah. So if you're planning to flip houses and you don't mind living in them, I can't remember how long you got to live in them. I don't think it's long though. I think it's like three months or six months or something. Yeah. You live in it, and then you flip it and you don't pay capital gains tax. How crazy is that? It's, it's, your crazy, it's crazy. So if that's your strategy, almost pulled my microphone. I got so excited. <laughs> almost pulled. I hope you didn't hear any feedback there. But um, yeah, so that, there you go. So there, there's one reason you might want to buy your personal name. Carry on with Michael's story though. So Michael yeah. bought in his personal name. And because it, it was his first property, mm. personal name, he had stamp duty allowance. Because did you know? And when I... When I when I, you know, looked into this, because I heard about this, these rules, sometimes they change quite often. Mm. And the last update that we had, which was not long ago now. Sometimes they often change. Or sometimes they change quite often. Sometimes and often don't normally go together in a sentence, but you did it well, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, um, did you know that you can get stamp duty breaks up to 425,000 pounds? if you're a first-time buyer. I did know that. And that is high, isn't it? Crazy. Because it high. used to be, I'm sure it used to be, the figure I had in my mind was about 250. Before the virus? Yeah. I don't know if we can say that word on it, like... Because the COVID? Because, well, I know on some platforms, don't they remove the video if you say it? Oh, really? I think so. Virus. Re virus. Remove it. Surely you can say virus. I mean, I've dropped the C-bomb. Not that C-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> what? I said the C-word. Covid. Is that the word that's? Oh, that's... I thought you were thinking. I was thinking. When did you say the other c word? No, 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 I didn't drop that c bomb. I wouldn't do that on this podcast. So you dropped you dropped the c version of the virus. The vid version. <laughs> well, we need a code word for it. What's it going to be? I think vid. vid. I'm happy with vid. All right. So, so when... you can't say vid. I don't know. No, I think you can because that surely word... you can. Surely it's I just if you're can. saying that vid is fake or something. That's... Well, what we'll do? We'll say vid in this. And let's see. We'll say vid in this vid. And yeah. if this vid ain't vidin' anymore, then we know you can't say vid. True. So when, before the vid hit, right. it was slightly different, wasn't it? It was a lot less than 425. But I, see, that, for me, that's crazy. Because if you were buying like, I suppose, if you, if, you, if you were buying a 425 grand house, you're not only saving stamp duty, which would be saving massive stamp duty, but you're all, like, the difference in the deposit for 10%, 40 grand, you're going to be saving like... 80 grand or yeah, something. But that's not even the cool part. Go on, carry on. What's the cool part? Bought this house. Right. Residential. Personal name. Yeah. Got stamp duty breaks because he had relief up to 425. Hmm. Put down a 10% deposit. Yeah. And then circumstances changed. That he couldn't have possibly known before. I mean, these, this was like a life changing change, right? It, yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he didn't know. Didn't know. That circumstances were going to change. And when they changed, he asked for consent to rent the property out as a buy to that. Mm. Like if he would have bought the property in a company name or even a personal name and rented it as a buy to that, 
would have been different. Yeah, and he would have had to put down yeah. hundred grand. But, but because because he, I mean, luckily that his circumstances ha- just happened to change. They, they just changed, and it actually it actually suited him. Yeah. How did they? How did they change? Or do you not know the full details of the story? <sighs> so you know, I'll let Michael tell that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But there you go. So, so, so if you are buying your first house, you're not on the ladder. There are massive advantages to buying it in your personal name. Yeah. As a residential. Yeah. How about if you've already got a property? Yeah. Or if, if let's say that you don't think your circumstances will change and you don't want to, you know, go yeah. down the Michael route. Um, <clears throat> What are the advantages? <laughs> so I was just thinking, like, do, do you think Michael bought that property and was like, it's like rolling the dice, isn't it? It's like going, right, I'm going to buy this property and maybe the circumstances might change, but let's just roll the dice and see. And then... I, I think Michael knew that his circumstances were going to change. <laughs> I, think my, I think he did as well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But, you know, fair play to him. Um, so let's say that you, you, that's not the situation. Though. You've already got a personal house. Yeah. You want to get on the ladder, yeah. in the buy-to-let ladder. You want to buy an investment property, not your personal home. Yeah. Or you don't think your circumstances are going to change. You want to buy an, an investment property. Let's have a look at some of the pros of, because the, of buying it for a limited company because they have increased these pros, yeah. so particularly um, in 2020. Yeah. With the introduction of Section 24. So do you want to just explain what Section 24 is and how it affects landlords that own properties in their personal name? Yeah. So Section 24, when this was introduced, it actually scuffled a lot of landlords. Mm. You know, it, it ruined them. And basically, what happened is, say you have a property and you're a landlord and you own the property um, in, in, your, in your personal name or whatever, and you rent out the property for, keep it real simple, you rent it out for a grand a month. Now, of course, if you let's say you've got a mortgage, so on and so forth, it's just a you know straightforward buy to let with a mortgage. The thousand pounds that you turn over from the rent and you collect, you've obviously got expenses with that. You've got mortgage payments. You're going to have uh, maintenance. You're going to have management. You're going to have void periods, which you're going to be setting money aside for. So really, that thousand pounds, once you've deducted, you know your expenses and overheads, you might be left with let's just say four hundred pounds to keep it really simple. Now, you'd expect that you'd pay tax on the £400, but Section 24, that's not the case. No, because basically what, it's, what they've said is that the landlord's right to claim any expenses related to finance, so the mortgage or the arrangement fee for getting your mortgage, all those things, cannot be counted as an expense. Right. So if you've got an interest-only mortgage, especially with interest rates going up right now, if you, if you, if you own a property in your personal name, which is normal buy to let, and you're, say, paying an interest-only mortgage, and it is a thousand pound a month. The rent might only be a thousand pound a month, but you'll still pay tax on the thousand. Yeah, so you're making no profit and paying tax on the thousand pounds. So you're making a loss. And well, yeah, for the first time in history, you can pay more tax than you are making profit. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely nuts. So. If you're buying in your personal name, you need to be aware of this. You need to be aware that you cannot claim the interest payments back. Whereas if you buy it in a limited company, you can claim the costs back. So very often, it makes a, an awful lot of financial sense for a buy-to-let property to be in your limited company so that you can claim those costs back. Now, there are other tax um, sort of uh, benefits, I suppose, depending on how you look at it. That you need to take into consideration as well because if you own the property in a limited company 
you'll pay something called corporation tax. So on those profits that you make, any profits that you make will get taxed and it will be corporation tax. And corporation tax is taxed at the moment at 25%. So let's say you are in a job and you're earning 50 grand. You're in the top whatever percent. We worked oh, yeah, out do you that remember once. That, that I was do. a crazy stat, by the way. Yeah. You're in I the still can't believe that. I you're... mean, <laughs> do you did we share that story? We didn't share the story. No, we, we won't share the story. We won't cause... share the story, but the stats are crazy. But let's say you are, you're in the top 10%, right? And you're on 60 grand or above or whatever, right? You will then pay, um, you won't pay corporation tax. You'll just pay normal individual, I can't, the word escapes me at the moment. What's just normal tax? Income tax. Income tax. You'll pay income tax. And income tax, for those people that are earning, I think it's 50 grand or above, it's 40%. Yeah. So not only will you be taxed on all the money, but you'll be taxed at a much higher rate. Imagine that, imagine you were, you, you were making 12 grand in rental income, but not making any profit, and then you had to pay 40% of that back as tax. What would that be like? Five grand or something. <laughs> Five grand in tax bill when you're making no money. But imagine if you had 20 of the properties. Oh, suddenly, bang, you're making a hundred grand loss. It's, it's crazy. It is crazy. And it gets, it, it, it goes higher as you earn more. Uh, well, if you, were, if you earn over 125 grand, it goes up to, is it 125? Something like that, it goes up to 45%. It goes yeah. up even higher, which is, yeah. however, if you're not earning any money, let's say you're earning nothing, this is your only job and you buy one property, your personal name. I think, is it the first 12 and a half grand that you yeah. get tax-free? Yeah. So in that situation, even with, even with section 24, because your total income would be less than 12 and a half, let's say it was 12 grand in that case, yeah. you would then pay zero tax. Yeah, but what most people's mindset, well I say most people, what some people's mindset might be is, oh, well I won't earn more than 12,000 because then I won't pay tax. But you can't have that mindset. Well, not well, if you don't earn more than twelve thousand, you can't live, can you? Well, no, of course not. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't. Know. I, I I do know what you're saying. Some people do that with certain like that. That threshold's a big one. People do it for. Oh, I don't want to earn more than eighty-five grand because if I earn more than eighty-five grand, I have to go VAT registered, and they do everything they can to earn less than eighty-five grand. And you're like, mate, if you want to grow your business, just get over it. You're gonna to have to earn more than eighty-five grand, and you. You cannot run a successful business earning less than 85 grand. Yeah, sure. You might be able to get through a couple of loopholes for a couple of years, well, yeah. you know, but long-term thinking. But I don't think people would do that for a 12 and a half grand. Surely, surely no one's out there thinking, I don't want to earn more than 12 and a half grand. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's so low, isn't True. it? What was I thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. But this is why, why it depends on your situation, right? Because if you're a very low tax, you know, very low tax um, earner, and you're earning nothing, then you won't pay any tax anyway because you get your first 12 and a half grand for, for free. Whereas corporation tax, that doesn't apply. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. If you're a very low earner, you're not, and you don't, you're not going to pay tax on it because you've got no income coming in. Well, it's like, well, hold on a minute. Yeah, that's fine. But at some point, you are going to want to do it for a limited company because as soon as you hit that 12,000. Yeah, but you could do your first one in your personal name, pay no tax, the first 12 and a half grand. And then you could do your second one in a limited company. But do you think, it's, if we put tax aside, do you think it's more beneficial to just do it for a limited company anyway for liability reasons? Uh, well, you're right, you have got liability reasons. 
as well. So there's always the advantage when you, when you, when you buy anything for a limited company, you have any limited company. You know, if you get sued, for example, they're suing the company, not you, and you, you are protected to a point. Um, so yeah, personally, I actually think anyone that's serious about making money as a, a property investor or anyone that's serious about making any money at all <laughs> in anything that wants to buy property should buy a limited company. Because basically, if you are earning any sort of decent money, it doesn't even have to be that decent, it makes a lot of sense to buy it for a limited company. Yeah. Pretty much, it only makes sense to have it in your personal name if you're, if you're on a very, very low income and you've got like one, maybe two properties. Then yeah. maybe it might make sense to have it in, in your personal name. Or if you're buying your first property, I, I think most people should probably have one or two in their personal name. And then after that, it just makes it just makes sense yeah. to buy it for a limited company. Think about it. You've got it's tax efficient on the tax that you're paying. You can claim back expenses that you can't you can't you can't claim. I mean, when you've got a business, you can put loads of costs through the business anyway that are genuine yeah. business expenses. Also, think in long term. If you own properties in a limited company, think of as like an exit as a long term plan. When you go to offload these properties. It makes it more of an easy sale because you could just sell the company. Well, that's true. That and then, because then whoever buys it will be buying the company. I mean, I mean, we spoke about this, I'm sure, at one of the other podcasts. They'll buy the company and inherit the property, so it makes it a bit more of an easier sale to sell it. Yeah. You're not going to be selling the house anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Also, here's another question for you. Because cool. I get asked this a lot. Should you buy a property? in different companies. So let's say you, you've got a property in one company and you're gonna buy another one. Should you set up another company for each property or should you put them all in one? I would, you know, for the stuff we're doing with developments I, and stuff, we, we're doing different companies for each site. Okay, interesting. What do you do? We do it depending on the deal. So we have an investment business, which the portfolio, our investment, to go into that portfolio. But then if we're doing a joint venture, we wouldn't do that in that investment It, it keeps it cleaner if you've got one company, one property in one company. Yeah. Because then like you say, you can sell that company on. You, they're not gonna affect one another in terms of performance. Yeah. Everything's separate and nice and clean and easy. And it's so easy to set up a limited company nowadays. I mean, literally you can do it in like 15 minutes. Yeah. You can go on somewhere like Companies Made Simple, or you can do it direct, but if you go on somewhere like Companies Made Simple, it, you just fill out your details, go through, pick your name, bang. It doesn't have to be a good name. When you're buying, when you're buying properties through a limited company, it's not got to be a clever name. It's no one knows the company name. Let's look it up on company's house. It's just the name for you to hold the asset. Yeah. So yeah. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to do anything clever. You don't have a website for it or anything, do you? No. Obviously, you've got accountancy fees. If you've got an accountant, they might charge you more for each limited company. So there are small, but again, it's small time thinking. It's small savings. All the big savings are made by the people that buy through limited companies. Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't mix strategies either. So if you're like doing deal sourcing, I wouldn't do, you know, have investment properties or any other, even if it's rent to rent or anything, that is, needs to be completely separate to the deal sourcing Yeah, you do, if you've got a deal sourcing business, that would have its own company. If you've got, now I would, I wouldn't sell each deal through a different limited company. You'd have your, you'd have your deal oh, sourcing yeah, you business. Oh yeah, that's, you'd have oh it's your, fast, it's like a, it's a trading business, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's a trading business that makes fast money 
for you to then... And you can have a group structure in place. You can have a company above all of them that owns everything and everything's just set up underneath. So what would your advice be to someone then? If someone's just starting out, because this is another question that I get asked a lot. If someone's just starting out and I'm, let's say I'm brand new, yep. going to buy my first property, I want to do it in a limited company and I want to do things by the book, all good. Would you suggest I just open a company and buy the property in a limited company? Or if I'm thinking big and I'm wanting to scale and I say to you, Russ, my goal over the next year is to own five properties and I'm going to go big and over the next 10 years I'm going to scale up and scale up. Would you suggest that I just set up a company each time and buy the properties or would you suggest from the start I have a holdings company and structure it in that way yeah. from the beginning? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much. Do you, do you know, it's like there's, do you know, someone sets up a new business yeah. and they spend ages working on the logo. Yeah, and then they spend ages thinking about the name. And then, well, then you've got the business cards. Oh well, of course you've got the business cards. Get a different ones. You, you know, I kind of think a little bit like that with the whole the group structure and stuff. Because right now, you probably don't need to worry if you if you're just getting started and you've got say fifty grand. I mean, it's a bit different if you had a million. You're like, right, I'm literally going to go and buy loads of stuff right now. Yeah. But if you got started, you've got fifty grand. Fifty. I keep doing that. You got fifty grand, and the plan is to say do biofurbishery finance, for example. And that's the plan. And you want to you want to go out and you want to do one and refinance, pull the money out, go and do another one. Or you want to you want to do a deal sourcing business that you save the cash from that and go and buy properties, say. It's not going to be like, bang, you're going to buy 20 properties tonight. So I wouldn't worry too much. What I'd be doing is going out and finding deals. Yeah. I would watch this video and I would probably, depending on your situation, but 99 times out of 100, I'd be thinking, right, I'm going to buy a limited company. You don't even need to set up a limited company now. Right, when you go and buy the, when we go and do a new deal, I don't have a limited company sitting there ready. I put my offer in on the deal and I say to them, I'm going to be the buying it, but it will be in an SPV, a special purpose vehicle. It will be in a limited company that I've set up for the sole purpose of buying it. And then I set the company up once the offer's been accepted. And I yeah. call the company the name of whatever the property is. Yeah. So it could be like, you know, like we're doing a project Eagle Works. It's called Muck Leeds Eagle Works. Muck Leeds, oh. our development company. Muck Leeds. Like McDonald's, but not Donald's. Leeds. McLeeds. McLeeds. Do you know why, don't you? It's not because we love McDonald's. <laughs> no, it's uh, McLeeds. Ben Mac and yeah. 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 So it's, it's a merging of the search. Do you know what you, you should could do? do? You could do it with you. You could do one with with Lee. It could be like Corden and your Mandel, because it could be like Manden. Manden. <laughs> what are you gonna do with this? Um, are you gonna like? Or name coral, each no, coral, gonna, coral. With with the eagle works, you like Mac Leeds. You're gonna name each room like after a burger or something. Yeah. Like have like the that is exactly the what cheeseburger room. How did you know? The quarter pounder room. Have you read our business plan? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you've been doing? I got hungry reading it. Get, yeah, it was like good. it was like the Mac Leeds business plan, and it was like right, this apartment's gonna be called quarter pounder. I would suggest though. Only, I, only you would be able to come up with 48 burgers. <laughs> I would as well. You probably would. Thing. I actually would. But going back to the original point. Or a Turkish restaurant. I do like, you know me, I like my food. We, we, last, time, last time we were filming, I took him out to lunch to a Turkish restaurant. And then he, he ate without me today. And he was like, oh, oh come on, I've, I've just eaten. I was like, did you go to the Turkish again? He was like, yeah. yeah you were dude. in the gym, fair play. I was in the gym, you were eating food. That sounds about right. It does sound about right. But that'd be my advice anyway. I'd be like, right, I'm gonna do a limited company, but I'm not gonna worry too much about that. So many people worry about stuff that's gonna happen down the line. What successful people do is they worry about the task in front of them. They get that done, next. Every time you 
complete a task or move forward, you get new problems. Don't worry about those problems, right? Just decide what you're going to do and worry about the problems that are in front of you. That's even biblical. It's, it's, it's Jesus easy. says that in the Bible. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has got enough troubles of its own. Well, it's easy to procrastinate and not do anything because you're too busy doing all this. And it's what I, I believe that that's why we get the success rate that we do with advanced students because we're very much like we're very much results driven. Yeah. Don't worry about, we're, well, Samuel says, doesn't he? A B. Worry about the A B C. Don't worry about the X Y Z. Yeah. Right. Just worry about today. What have you got to do right now? What are the actions you've got to take? If you if you're coming to me for advice saying, I want to get my first deal. All right, cool. You want to do it for a limited company, great. Now, what do you need to do? You need to go and be booking viewings. You need to be watching last week's podcast and looking at how to calculate the return on investment. How do you assess a deal? How do you know if it's a good deal? That, they're the sort of things you need to be worrying about. You do not need to be worrying about your group structure for this property empire where you've only got 30 grand in your bank. You can worry about that when the day comes. That's my advice. I agree. Well, I've been Russell Leeds. I've been Ricky Mandel. We'll see you next week.